Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. I'm Adam Diamond, a church planner can- candidate with Malwin Mission. And today I have our original team here. We have David Drover here next to me. Hey, everybody. Dave, I can't see you. Give a thumbs up. <laughs> we also have Steve Da. Hey, how's it going? Who is our director of education for Malwin Mission. And we have Matthew Leahy. Hey, guys. I mean, girls. I mean, let's just start over. Hey, no, we're not starting over. Okay, <laughs> cut that out. Say it again. We, no, that's fine. That's fine. All right. So um, how are you guys doing? You know, we, we've had a number of episodes where it's been no guests and no certain stories. Last week we had John Lewis, who, Matt, I'm sure you're excited about having an yeah, official sure. intern on your team now. Yep, absolutely. So how are you guys doing? Like, you know, I miss having you in the room. Yeah, it's been, it's been busy. But lots going on. Apparently, yeah. you guys don't miss me. Not in the slightest. <laughs> Who's, as long as we know that. Who's Adam Diamond? It's clear. Uh, I think it's the bald guy other than me. Apparently, mm. he's a church planner candidate. Mm-hmm. That's right. I've heard that. That's right. Yeah, that's what I like to tell people. Mm. Indeed. All right, so our episode today is um, how do we start churches? Mm-hmm. You know, we're a church planting network. We, we work with one. We work with Mile One Mission, which um, is hoping to see at least at least 10 churches started in the Avalon area because we are so, you know, unevangelized. We have less than 1% attending event evangelical rate here in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need gospels at the churches, so we work with this church planting network. Um, but people often don't understand, like, how do you even start a church? So uh, help me help me work this out, guys. Like, what what are our first steps, or do we even have first steps? Like Matt and Dave, I know you guys. Uh, well, were f- I mean, we could go back a, a, a long distance. I mean, if you want the first first step, that would be Jesus has to die for our sins. Wait, no, no, no. That's Genesis one. If we're going to really go back to the beginning, that's a good point. Right. All right. Maybe we don't need to go that far. Probably not. No. I wish I had a rewind sound. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, though, I don't know what that was, but it definitely wasn't a reason. I mean, I'm only half joking there, though, because it is important that we recognize that the church is created by Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and at, at in a real sense, most of the things that we're going to be talking about here when it comes to starting a new church and the methodology of starting a new church, well, we're talking about what comes after the sovereign work of a good, holy, and transcendent God. Mm-hmm. In saving people, so I mean that's 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 going to be the first step. In you know we have to have people who you know have been saved by Jesus Christ. Um, but uh, after that, there are a lot of things that are involved because I mean after all, Jesus did tell us to go out into all the world, mm-hmm. uh, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. teaching people to obey all that He has commanded them. And lo, He's with us always to the end of the age. Yeah, and we don't just take um, every Joe Blow off the street. And say, hey, you plan a church for us. Exactly. Well, I mean, we have the three of us, so I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> but but well, there... I mean, you get you joke, but we did actually do a fair bit of work to try and you know get people who we think are actually called to planting churches mm-hmm. here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, it's that's an actual important part of what we need to do. Mm. Um, well, we have our internship program. Absolutely. 
which is used to train people up. I mean, I've been here for almost two years going on this year, actually. Right. And the internship program is designed to, first of all, train people for ministry, mm-hmm. but also to, as kind of a farm team for the people that we help to place into positions of, well, hopefully church planting, if that if it, if it comes to that. I mean, anybody can apply to be an intern with us, to work with us, to uh, help out, to be trained. Uh, each of our church plants, for example, just from a methodology perspective, mm has a planter plus a couple of interns. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also good to point out that the, the intern program isn't just to train people up uh, for ministry, but it's also to help people discern whether they're called to ministry or not. Well, uh, and when I say that, I'm going to... I mean, my role as an elder at Calvary Baptist is to train up the saints for the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. So whether or not you're actually going to be in full-time ordained pastoral ministry or in just the regular ministry that every Christian is called to. We do train for all of that. That's right, yeah. That's a good point. And there's also a bit of a contextualization that happens in that internship, isn't there? Absolutely. Mm. Uh, let's face it, Newfoundland is different. The different how? Matt, help me understand. So here's the first thing that comes to my head like now that we're talking about church planting and, and what does it take to start a church? Mm. Uh, so one of the biggest misconceptions that people have here in Newfoundland, uh, at least here on the Avalon, is what is the church, right? Yeah. Are, are you when you when people hear you're starting a church, they want to look for that, you know, four walled structure with a, a steeple and a cross on the top of it. And for a lot of people, church is a physical building. Yep. But that's completely wrong. It, the church is not a building. It's it's a it's a community of, of like-minded believers that come together for, you know, the purpose of worshiping the the death, resurrection, and life of, of Christ and what he did on the cross and, and all that kind of good stuff. And so that's just one example that kind of came to my mind as you were asking the question. Well, and I mean, that's part of the contextualization too. Yeah. I mean, Newfoundland is unchristian in a strange way. It's, it's post-Christian. Mm. Um, we have a ton of the infrastructure that looks like churches and some vestiges of what would have been the the uh, organizations of past church planting mm. efforts in the area. Yep. So if we're we're when we start a church, we're not saying we go we buy a building. No. We you know we have this flashy grand opening or anything. Or no. um, Matt, where where do we where do we start Kilbride Community Church to? Or where did you, where did you, where did you start it to? Prayer. I mean, like you know, that's. A pretty simple answer, but it's it's true, right? Like you just don't you don't say, hey, you know, I'm going to do this in my strength. I'm going to go in and just you know save the entire community or the mm-hmm. world. Or there's no God complex when it comes to you know starting churches. It, it's it's actually hum- humility. It, it comes through a, a, a spirit of of Lord, I, I can't do this, but you need to do this because you're more passionate about saving people than I am. Uh, but just use me in whatever context that you want me to be used for, uh, yeah. and. And yep. I mean, practically speaking, that in your case also meant, you know, deciding where you would live. Well, that's a funny, uh, a funny question because uh, when we came back to Newfoundland, we were just simply looking for a spot to live in. Like we, we had no preference whatsoever, uh, and we actually found a, a spot. And that's a, another crazy story to even be describing. But we we landed on a spot in Kilbride, and it wasn't until after we had rented this place or started renting this place in Kilbride that we found out that Kilbride was the first spot that, that mile one wanted to start a church in. Uh, and, and yes, so, 
Yep, absolutely. And so we we didn't uh, we didn't you know seek out wisdom from anyone. We just you know it, it just so happened that things kind of fell into place, and mm-hmm. we ended up in yeah. Kilbride. So yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, we did, we we actually did seek wisdom. I mean, from the mile one perspective, we actually did do work in the background to figure oh, yeah. out areas that needed churches. And the fact that you know, uh, as you've been uh, saying repeatedly, uh, Kilbride hasn't had a church in within its boundaries in 128 128 years. years. That's right. Yeah, even in my case, you know, if I if I pass this assessment that I have coming up, if you're listening, to it, it would be Thursday. I will be in my second day of that assessment. Um, pray for then, pray for Adam. He'll yeah. need it. Yes, please. I greatly appreciate it. Um, but uh, if 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 we get the green light, everything goes well. Then we're going to put more plans ahead for hopefully heading into downtown St. John's. Um, so some of those first steps for us is going to be well, one assessment after going through some training and mm-hmm. um, being being assessed and being be able to be backed as an official church planters. Me and my wife, um, and then moving into the neighborhood. Right, right. So moving, living in the neighborhood that we're planting in. So those, right. are, that's a huge first step. And that, that's actually a really good point about moving into the neighborhood. So within mile one, we don't want to plant churches. Uh, so let me back up. So with mile one, we want to be living in the community that we're starting a church in mm-hmm. or planting in. So we're not, you know, I'm not living over in in Paradise, but then you know, starting a church and planting a church in Kilbride, and I'm constantly transiting yeah, to which, that neighborhood. Which, how long of that drive would that be? Uh, I don't know. 20. Yeah, so you're not living 20, like 20 50, minutes yeah. away. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then driving 50, 50. into yep. trying to minister to people that you, you're you not even living mm-hmm. among. Like you don't know what their daily life that's is right. like. Yep. Life in paradise is going to be completely different than life in Kilbride. Oh, yeah, because sure. you'd be my neighbor if you were in paradise. All right. So, uh, Dave, what was it like for you? Because I can remember uh, we've talked a few, a few times now. You know, memories have come up on Facebook. You know, let's give you those nice memories. Mm-hmm. But you, you came across this picture a little while ago of you and Matt sat in his basement. Like, this is the first day of Kilbride Community Church, and tell, tell us what happened. Yeah, I mean, and definitely, Matt, like, feel free to jump in. <laughs> I don't know if I'll have all the details spot on, but, um, and, I, and I mean, in this in this conversation, too, I mean, there's definitely that, like, like Matt kind of said, there's that mindset of prayer and all that, of course, but with that, there's also, you know, we, we have to, I mean, we're still doing stuff, we don't just sit around all day and do nothing. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the first day where me and Matt sat down. I just joined, I just finished school. Um, and we went to Matt's basement. We sat down and we basically said, so, right. So what do we do? How do we do this? Yeah. <laughs> Cause there's no, like, there's not like a, a 10 step program that you can run through to get it from conception to. Yeah. There's no, right? like, there's no formula. And no. I think that's something that we've been pretty, clear about here at mile one is that you know even for anybody tuning in who might be thinking how do i start churches say you're you're in ontario or or bc or Mm. nova scotia even how do i start churches here well i think we'd all first tell you that it's not as simple as taking what we're doing and just doing it where you are right um so much of what we're doing is about being contextual it's about bringing the gospel to everyday people Mm -hmm. where they're at and And of course Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, it it, it goes back to what we think a church is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt pointed out at the beginning that the church is not actually four walls with a steeple on the top. That's actually a church building where Mm -hmm. a church actually meets. Mm -hmm. But a church is the people. And so if we're believing that a church is people, people are 
different. They're shaped by their histories. They're shaped by their culture. That's right. They're shaped by their geography. Mm. And I mean, we found it fairly uh, fairly early on when we when we were looking at planting churches in St. John's, Newfoundland, that you know you could go even in some cases a kilometer or two from one place, and mm. the culture has actually shifted. Mm. Well, if you take downtown, for example within just a one kilometer radius. And if you follow us on social media, I'm sure you've seen this, but um, and within a one kilometer radius, there's over 7,000 people. Yep. Mm. And within that one kilometer radius, there is no evangelical church. Um, there's one close by that would have a sphere of influence in that community, but there's nothing in the actual neighborhood of that downtown community. Um, you go past that into just two or three kilometer radius, yep. you're up into 30,000 people. It like it just jumps, and it's crazy. I mean, we're looking at neighborhood churches, so it's very hard to draw that demographic at times. So, like, okay, where where does one neighborhood end and another begin? Because in that area, they're so packed together. Um, but you can't just have one church reaching thirty thousand people, mm-hmm. right? right? So that, we've got to draw those distinctions. And actually, thinking back, I don't know if it was the very first day we sat down and said, "How do we?" plant a church but that was actually one of the very first things we did i can remember because we went out we got a map of saint john's Mm -hmm. and we sat down we said okay what is kilbride Mm, because we need to know the geographical region we need to know what what people are actually in the neighborhood we're trying to reach um and i can matt do you still you still probably have that map yeah i've got that map we took a pencil and just drew like this is where we went on google we we looked up other things and we narrowed it down and then i think the other thing that we did very early on was, well, we did some, you know, basic community profiling, mm-hmm. looked up some st- statistics on like yep, some demographics, the people, demographics and stuff that we found in the city. But then we went and did a Facebook page. Mm. Um, and that, well, Actually, wait, let me, let me put a pause on that first. Yeah. So as I'm listening to everyone talk and as I'm thinking back to what we did, you know, over the last two years, I think if, if we do want to kind of give like a, here's what we did to get you know, from initial thought to where we are now, definitely prayer. But even before that, we got to look at something called, you know, so at mile one, we, we believe that not everyone should be planting churches. And so we have this thing, this little phrase called, you know, God called and church affirmed, right? right? And, and so uh, if you feel the call of God in your life to plant churches, well, don't just go rogue and go do it because, and that's a whole nother podcast in and of itself as to why you shouldn't plant rogue. Um, but so church, uh, God, God called and church affirmed, um, you need the backing of, of your church. It's the safest thing, if I can just say it like that in a, in a sentence. Uh, but then, you know, prayer as, as you're going through that process as well. And then, like Dave said, there's the whole community profile. Who's in your community? What kind of issues exist? Uh, and ultimately, you know, the biggest issue that a community is going to face is the gospel, right? right. They, they, they need the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's that community profiling aspect of it. Um, and then Dave... I'll get it over to you now about the whole social media. Oh, I don't, well, I mean, I didn't really have a whole lot just apart from that's kind of where we started. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I, I mean, even just to rewind a bit more, I mean, mm-hmm. the whole church affirmed part of it. I mean, we did have, that's actually a huge thing when it comes to Mile One Mission. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got a ton of people in the background uh, holding, uh, essentially holding the rope so that we, the rest of us can go down the well. Yeah. Uh, we have church, we have churches, we have denominations and church planting organizations. We have groups like Send and Acts 29 mm-hmm. and, uh, Shanty, Shanty Men. Shanty Men, yep. yep. 
Yeah, uh, SCA is it? Is that SCA, SCA International? Yeah. Now. That's right. Yeah. yeah, SCA International, and all of them place an awful lot of help in the background, mm-hmm. uh, both prayer support, uh, training support. Um, we've got we've, we've got a, we've got a college that works with us, yep. like Union out over in Wales, mm-hmm. that helps us train people up. All of this is so that we can have people who are, like you say, God called and church affirmed, who we can you know just put on the ground right there in Kilbride. And that sending church is a huge part of it. Um, one, you have that church body confirmed that they see the call of an elder on your life. Yep. Um, that you're you are indeed you you example the qualities of the eldership that we see in scripture. And but not only that, you learn how to be in community with people in the yep. church. Um, they're seeing you example the gifts. You're seeing the ability for you to preach and teach and to pastor other people, um, whether it be youth or adults or children, whoever you're involved in ministry. Um, and you, you, you're also involved in everyday church life. So you get to see the business of that because again, you, you don't go plant a church thinking this is the newest thing to do. <laughs> I'm disenfranchised. I'm angry. I am just going to start my own way. I'm going to do it the right way. No, those are all wrong reasons to go start a church. Well, I can almost guarantee if you do if you plant a church with that, you're going to have a dysfunctional church within a very short time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, having ascending church is very important, and uh, having people behind you that see that you are and called, and they confirm that calling on your life. Partnering with networks um, for resources and having other churches you know, support you and partner you, having that mentorship. Um, these are these are all great ways to get started. But how do you guys like? How did we come to the name of Kilbride Community Church, because I mean, you started you started a Facebook page, mm-hmm. so you had to have a name for the church. Then you don't just say, you know, the Facebook page for a church in Kilbride. <laughs> yeah, no, and honestly, it's it's real simple. Um, at Mile One, we want to have community churches, right? So, and it makes sense, Kilbride Community Church, downtown community church. If we ever went to another location, like you could have Shea Heights Community Church. And, and it's, it, it's simple in, in the fact that we want to have our communities recognize that this is our community church. This is, this is our church. This is our body of believers that we do fellowship with. But it also builds kind of like, dare I say, brand recognition, right? So now we're kind of going into the whole logo design that you know, we're going to talk about soon. But, you know, Kilbride Community Church downtown community church and it just it it helps people know that there's a network we're not just you know this one little church over to the side and we're kind of doing our own thing no we have a network of churches that all support each other we all come to our you know we all we all carry each other's burdens we we we're Mm -hmm. just we're doing church yeah (laughs) with each other we're we're living at that christian life we're having fellowship with each other we can pull resources um Mm -hmm. we can come alongside each other um for instance like you know downtown and kilbride are Fairly with only minutes of each other. Yeah, that's right. Really, once you hop onto the highway there, yep. and uh, you know, so it wouldn't be any stretch of imagination to see as Kilbride develops and downtown develops that they have a bit of a ministry relationship mm-hmm. where they're so close right. in proximity. Absolutely, but the the name too is also very contextual for us. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, we could have easily done Grace Community Church or yeah, Hope right. Community Church, but. Yep. We picked these both really good names, and I think both are actually yeah. supporting churches. Yeah, probably. And, yeah. And, and, and I don't think about those names. <laughs> one of the names that, that we had tossed up way back in in the day was was Hillside Community Church, just because both Kilbride and the Goulds are situated on, on a hill. hill. Yeah, and so it, there's the contextual side. But, right? but yeah, we picked Kilbride Community Church, downtown community church, because again, 
everything we do, we try to be about Newfoundland. And Newfoundlanders associate themselves with their community. Like, even though downtown is only minutes away from Kilbride, mm-hmm. if you're from downtown, you're not from Kilbride. Yeah, if you're no, from Kilbride, absolutely. you're not from downtown. Right. If you're not even from the Goulds, you're from Kilbride. Oh, that's right. So, oh, that's so true. It's very intentional that we do that because, again, it's people use the geography to, in some ways, it's, I mean, a little bit wrongly so, but it's part of who we are yep, as right. Newfoundlanders is what neighborhood we're from, what neighborhood we're living in. Mm. Um, and in, in developing that, um, we, we you've mentioned the logo, Matt. Uh, you reached out to a friend of yours who gave us a variety of um, yeah, examples right. of logos. So we want to, th- no, if he, if he ever listens to this, thank you for that, for help, helping yeah. Matt out Matt, that. if you're listening, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, and it, it's great because we had a conversation after, okay, we will use this. This will be our basis for every other church local now. So one, people know that we're all part of the same network, as you said. Yep. Uh, we'll just change the image, the icon to the left of the name, right? We'll use yeah, the same true. font, the same spacing, et cetera. Uh, and, but the, the image itself will be contextual to the area. Yep. Right. Um, so going into that, we, we, you guys have all the support behind you. You've done your contextualization. Now you create. No, your we're still doing our contextualization. You're still doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, the contextualization piece is kind of iterative. You know, you've mm-hmm. you go in, you've got the context you've got right now. Mm-hmm. Things change. I mean, let's face it, communities change based on the people that are in there. So the moment that we moved in, there's a change in the community. Yeah. So the iteration of you know contextualization just keeps continuing. So, and then you create your social media, your Facebook page. What role does social media play in starting a new church? And it might be different for every church. It could be different for me going downtown, you know, as we as we study the area, what it's like. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what it was for Kilbrock Community Church, because you guys started, you know, a couple of years ago, and then, boom, worldwide pandemic. So how has social media been influenced uh, in your starting of a new church? Do you want to go, Dave? Or do you want me to launch in? Yeah, you can you can go ahead. Well, so yeah, and when that what Adam says, social media for us, we only have a Facebook page. And you know, really simply, the reason why we did a Facebook page because it was free, right? There, there's no there's no <laughs> cost fair. to it. That's right? fair, man. Um and so and also we were new church. It just wasn't a need to have this flashy website with nothing on it, right? So right. Facebook, you know, absolutely gave us everything we needed to. Um and and honestly. I don't know how I would answer how social media helped or hindered a church plant prior to the pandemic, because all we've done is planted in a pandemic. That's all we know, mm-hmm. right? right. Uh, and, and so, but from my perspective, that's one of the questions I've had to answer time and time again. How do you be in the community when you can't physically be in the community as it pertains to COVID-19? Because with COVID-19, there's social distancing, there's government lockdowns and, and all the mm-hmm. you know stuff that we've all encountered over the last, you know, 16, 17 months. And also Kilbride basically has nothing that you can kind of partake in. Like it's Absolutely. basically just residents and some very, yep. like there's some small things here and there, but it's mainly just housing. Yeah, so no, I, and that's, like a, that's a really fantastic point. And that comes back to something we've talked about time and time again, contextualization. So it is a highly residential community. There's one community center, a single Tim Hortons. And so there's not a lot of areas to be in. Uh, and so that's when we said, well, let's really ramp up our social media presence on, on Facebook. And, and like, without getting into a whole bunch of crazy details, I've seen God work more, uh, during the time when we were in lockdown than I did in any time before 
we went into lockdown in 2020 to, you know, the, the brief reprieve we had in, 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 at the end of 2020. Uh, and so I would just say for anyone listening, um, utilize social media, but just be aware of the pitfalls of it, right? Be careful what you're posting, be cognizant of your audience. Uh, but you know, definitely utilize social media. It's worked actually. So God has worked through it immensely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would say that like, I guess the way I would say it, as I mean, obviously social media has been great for us. We don't know whether or not it'll be great for others, but what we do know is that God can use it. And we've seen that firsthand. Oh, for sure. Um, so it's been really incredible to see how God has just used that. But I mean, who knows? Again, like for other churches, it might not be that. Mm. Um, I think one of the things, for instance, for us that was really great is we re- released a little, um, it was like a music video of us singing the song, How Vast the Love, that mm-hmm. we recorded. It was actually Calvary who basically did it but we kind of launched it out we boosted it mm-hmm. um and just picked up traction i mean newfoundlanders they love music so i think yeah. they heard that and we're kind of like oh well this is cool and i mean not just social media in that sense i mean uh, the fact is uh, you've done a bunch of teaching on youtube and on yeah that's right. facebook um yeah. we do we we do videos like that uh it's kind of an extension of what we've done through calvary as well i mean you know covid has forced us a little bit more online than we would have been We've all become televangelists. Well, in some ways, (laughs) in some ways. I mean, I I do a daily devotion now. Uh, Pastor Steve does a daily devotion. Um, We do this podcast, Mm -hmm. actually. This came after COVID as well. Yeah, just a a summer, of last summer, actually. We we started this out in, yeah, a completely different setup than what we have now. (laughs) Well, and again, I mean, this is, again, part of the way it works. Uh, I think one of the things, my big take-home when it comes to the way we plant churches is that you have to have a very set idea about what God is doing in mm-hmm. in our lives, planting churches, you know, making us into communities of believers, knitting us together, mm-hmm. so that we have hands and feet for the church, and eyes and ears and mm-hmm. uh, mouths, and then just seeing where there are places that need the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then you know, reaching them, and, um, and so much of that is prayer. Absolutely. Right. And and that's actually something else now that I'm thinking about it. We did do that in Kilbride pretty early on as we did some prayer walks. Oh, we're still doing got, them now. Well, yeah, we're, we're still doing, but yeah, um, yeah we, we've done at least, what, two or three, I think. I did a prayer walk downtown. That was interesting. <laughs> How did that go? We we walked around the community. I'm still getting to know the downtown area, and uh, Curtis, who um, as of now, looks like maybe joining the downtown team. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he came with me, so he knows the downtown a bit more than I do. So we're walking around the neighborhood, getting used to it. And we stopped on a street corner to, uh, pray. So we started praying and we prayed some pretty heavy prayers for God to, um, break, break into the darkness, to open doors for us, you know, to, uh, just allow us to really reach people where they need to be reached for chains to be broken. And like, we just like attacked any darkness there. And literally, we walked across the road to where my car was, right across the road. I pull out and get into an accident. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a serious accident. We were all fine. Um, but, uh, and I, I'm not super spiritual, but, you know, I kind of laughed. I was like, in my head, I was like, okay, so this is how this is going to go, is it? But, you know, I'm, I'm still praying and I'm still seeking that God is going to do, no matter what may happen. And even if it was a spiritual attack, no matter what may happen, I believe that that area needs God, needs the gospel. Although you're not and, super spiritual, are you superstitious? Just a little stitious. Just a little stitious. All right, guys, very very quickly, um, one very uh, simple question we can talk here before we clue up here. 
um, we said like, you know, people, at least in, in our neighborhood, in our contextual, in our context, um, they think of church and they ask you, where are you meeting to? Where's your building to? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so why don't you or why didn't you just start off having church services right from the start? So it's, I think you asked two two questions in one. So where are you meeting and why aren't you doing, or why, why shouldn't you do church services up front? Uh, so we have to go with, with the hand that God gives us. And the fact of the matter is in Kilbride, we don't have a church building to call our own, not like, you know, in the conventional sense. And so we're actually meeting in, in the community center, which is a great facility. It's, it's huge. It, it satisfies everything that, you know, at least in my understanding, uh, would, would come with, you know, a Sunday mm-hmm. service. But why aren't we doing, or why isn't doing church services the, the, the right thing straight out the gate? You know, I'm, I'm cautious to say that you shouldn't ever start with church services because I imagine there are some contexts when and where that is completely feasible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, within the context of Kilbride, 128 years, and uh, with the rise of postmodernism, we're now moving into a post-Christian society. There's a lot of church hurt. Again, this is all contextual stuff that, you know, Dave and I have looked into. We just discerned and determined that doing church services would not only send the, the wrong impression, but it'd be a confusing yeah. impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. And, and a couple more things, too. I mean, um, one of them is kind of practical because doing weekly church services is a lot of work. Um, and for instance, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of more with working with Matt a little more closely now than what I was, but when Matt was just starting off for one person to essentially put church services off week to week, that leaves very little room for you to do outreach and yeah, that's relationship right. management and just getting to know people being in the community. Like there's, there's a lot of practicalness, I think to it too, but also, um, something we, we've all seen here in Newfoundland is that people like to sometimes just kind of church shop. Yep. Um, and I think that's pretty general, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, but if you, if you just kind of start at services, um, I think you, it can be a little dangerous because then if people say, Oh, look, there's this cool new church starting, let's stop going to my church and I'll start going to that church. And then you get like 40 people coming out and you're like, man, this is awesome. But all you've, done is not actually reach new people in the community you've just had other people from other churches come and Mm -hmm. see you (laughs) and part of our model also isn't uh we don't split up us no a slice we don't slice up calvary and say okay these 20 people are leaving calvary and they're going to be part of this church plant right we want like genuine indigenous people from that neighborhood from that community to be a part of that church so if if for example calvary has people who are attending Calvary who are attend who, you know are part of Calvary and you know we plant a church in Kilbride mm-hmm. well we would expect them to go to Kilbride eventually but you're not just going to say okay you 20 people you are now going to be part of this church no no we do not I, do that I want to come back to just talking about why we didn't launch into church services right away and again this is all context but we want to unlearn people's expectations and understanding of what church is yeah. and so because you know, a lot of people, like I said at the beginning, think that church is this place with four walls and a steeple. Mm-hmm. We need to unlearn people. <laughs> is that the right way to say it? We, we want Correct is probably a better word. Uh, yeah, unlearn, correct. We, we want to correct their understanding of... They have to unlearn. We have to actually unteach. Exactly, right? So we want to unteach people what church looks like. And church, for a lot of people, is that thing you go to at the end of the week 
right? Let's all just go to church and whatever. But church is not once a week. It's seven days a week. And it's more than just meeting. It's living and doing and being, right? I think you're actually getting to another, a more central reason as to why. I think it's problematic, at least in our context, to start with church services from the get-go. And that's to understand what a church really is. I mean, uh, I, I don't think the main evangelism of, a, of the local... And this might be controversial. I don't think the main evangelism of a local church should be the church service. It yeah, because then you're falling back into the come and see. Right. Now, I think that church services are important. They can be used evangelistically, and that it is important to invite your friends out to church. But the fact is the majority of the evangelism is done by people Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday, mm-hmm. not just Sunday mornings, in the lives we live generally. And if that's the case, to start off with the church service is to put a cart before the horse in a lot of cases here, because honestly, we want indigenous believers. We are going to need to actually reach some people with the gospel mm-hmm. so that they would be indigenous believers who can then meet together as a church body. Yeah, it, continue, it continues to send the wrong message to a culture. Uh, I mean, it could be the same elsewhere, but, you know, if we're talking for where we, for where we are, um, it, a culture is already confused about what church is. Yeah. That is not just, you know, this person in a robe stood up and you go there on Sunday and you, you know, you take in your mass or whatever, and that's it. You know, it, it's a community of believers. It's a community of brothers and sisters who have professed faith in Jesus and come together to serve each other and to, yeah, to, to glorify God in that. Um, anyways, guys, so this has been a great conversation. It's been um, great to hear about how we got churches up, at least a church plant up and running. Um, God willing, we'll see many more come up, up and running. Um, and I hope you, if you're listening, that you've heard um, some, some good stuff from this and that you've, taken you know some good pointers from Mawa mission how we do things we, we just wanted to give you a brief introduction to our ideology behind starting a church and how we go about it and why we do things the way we do here at Mawa mission right. uh, so thanks so much guys for joining me for this conversation you have been listening to rugged theology Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.